Hi folks, welcome to the Happy Saver podcast. Your friends might not want to talk about their journey with money, but I sure do. I'm Ruth and I'm a blogger on personal finance in New Zealand and in this podcast series I tell the stories of Kiwis and their experiences with the money in their lives. A holiday is a great opportunity to clear your head and make future plans that you can put into action when you get back home. Unless you are Nelly, she decided that if you were going to make a plan to completely change your financial life, then you might as well start right now, even if it means the holiday you are on grinds to a halt. But before we get started, here is a quick message from today's sponsor. If you have KiwiSaver, then listen up. If you don't have KiwiSaver, then really listen up. If life goes to plan, you can kick back and retire at 65, but you want to know that you have a bit of money set aside for when you get there, right? Well, that takes planning and you need to start right now. No more excuses. Superlife KiwiSaver Scheme is a low-fee provider that offers a broad range of investment options. You have the flexibility to create your own fund and you can change your investment strategy at any time absolutely free of charge or you can select a fund that is right for you. Contribute to it regularly, check on it from time to time using that awesome mobile app and just get on with living your life. I want you to get to 65 and the biggest gift is one you actually have given yourself, freedom from worrying about money in your retirement. Superlife KiwiSaver is managed by SmartShares and you can visit them at superlife.co.nz to download the product disclosure statement and sign up and transfer your KiwiSaver in mere minutes. The young woman I'm speaking of today wanted to remain anonymous, so I'm going to call her Nellie. Why? Because I discovered Nellie Bly in my daughter's book, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Nellie was a journalist in the US in the late 1800s and early 1900s, and she took risks and made decisions quickly and with conviction, much like the woman I spoke with. So, Nellie it is. Now, our Nellie... She is not a journalist, but is a 23-year-old second-year law student at Victoria University in Wellington. Well, prior to beginning her degree, she actually worked full-time for a number of years in an early childhood centre. And like many, I seem to come across in the personal finance space, Nellie didn't start out in New Zealand, but was actually born in the Philippines. And it was a holiday to New Zealand with her family that made her fall in love and return here, with the country that is. Initially, she came with her family, but they've since returned home. So Nellie, she is now here as a permanent resident and has lived here full time for six years. Sans family, initially working and now studying, living and really enjoying life. And she told me that she feels really blessed that she has the support of her family, albeit from afar. She told me that she was raised in a culture where money is definitely made to be spent. You spend it on material items and you spend it on each other. Now, spending is a national occupation, it seems, because I've heard this a number of times now from Filipinos I have spoken with. There is an implied expectation to give, and she said it is really interesting to think about because a lot of Filipinos work all their lives and retire with nothing. And the reason her and I ended up chatting was because she has come to realise that if she does not change her life right now, she too will continue to consume and to spend, yet she will have nothing, and that is not what she wants for herself. Her goal is to become a lawyer and to practice law. She said she is passionate about public law and policy and would like to work either for a firm or for the government in that area once she is qualified in another couple of years. And if there is opportunity to go abroad, then she would take it for personal and professional growth as well. 
With Nellie, we got into the nuts and the bolts of the discussion pretty quickly. She is a switched on chick and her discovery of being better with money is so new that her thoughts and opinions were really fresh and she was also very happy to share. So I asked her, given the spendy ways of her family and friends, how she came to be good with money. Was it a gradual thing or had she always been the exception to the rule? Well, as it happened, January the 1st, 2018, she was in Paris visiting her brother who works there. And leading up to this trip, she described her life as normal. And by that, she means that she was extravagant and that she just worked to earn money and then she spent pretty much all of it. And if she didn't have cash, then she just used her credit card. Yep, she was pretty normal. Her brother had helped finance her trip over there, but she also had her own money and she had set aside some money for shopping. And of course, she had her credit cards as well. But you may be aware that most university students don't get to spend their summer holidays in France. Nellie had no job, no income and credit card debt and here she was enjoying a trip to Europe. She had a moment of clarity while sitting in her brother's apartment and thought, how am I going to finance this? So what do you do when you don't know something? Well, you Google it and in her case, she searched up how to be debt free and remarkably, my blog, The Happy Saver, came up. She told me that on the 2nd of January 2018, while in Paris, she discovered personal finance and everything changed in an instant. Wow. She had forgotten what actually drove her, what was the specific tipping point, but she said she saw the falsehood of people on Facebook. She saw people doing so many things, but it was not really reality. And at the same time, a conversation with her mum's friend where she told her, oh, I can't wait till I get to 65 and I can have my government pension and get out of the country. It made her think, no, I don't want to retire and wait for a government handout. She wanted better for herself. So I asked her if by in an instant things changed, she actually meant that when she returned home to New Zealand and she started to make a few changes. But no, she realised in that moment that she had been living a falsehood. She had no money, yet she had money for clothes and for food. And one of the very first things she learned on the 2nd of January was that before you invest, you really should pay off all of your debts. So that is exactly what she did. She put down her laptop and she went and she cut up her credit card while on holiday. The credit card that she needed to pay for the holiday that she was still currently on. And although not outstanding with handling money, she had done better than some and she did have a little cash set aside after years of working. So she used that cash that she had set aside to spend and she put it onto her credit card instead and she paid it off in full. So she had now drained her bank account and had no money left or any access to credit as her credit card was lying in pieces in a Parisian rubbish bin. Did I mention she was still on holiday on the other side of the world? So I was beginning to feel a little bit liable here because after all she had been reading my own blog and I was thinking, oh God, what have I done? Even though the purpose had been to go over there to shop and the shops were full of incredibly alluring January sales, she never spent a single euro from that moment. She stayed with her brother and ate in at his expense, but by now she was a frugal queen, so the cost uh, to him was minimal. And the two of them talked about money together too, and she began to share her newfound knowledge with him, and as a result he has started on this path too. 
Nellie said to start on this journey felt so good but so lonely too because she could not buy anything. But she said that when you become so passionate about something, the feeling of getting into it and making a start is amazing and she felt proud when she told herself, I did it. Well, she made it back home and I bet the airline meal was the highlight of the trip where she actually got to eat out. And through January and February, she listened to my podcast and she read my blog and just began to educate herself because she found out that she had no idea of where to start. She realizes that one of her biggest mistakes in her short life was that she was not educated at all when it comes to money. She had absolutely no idea. She explained that ever since she began this journey, she has been on a holistic transformation and she has been able to step back and look at the big picture. Now, I spoke with Nellie in April, about four months after her epiphany in Paris. So where is she at now with all of this newfound knowledge, I wondered? She now hates debt, which in my opinion is an excellent frame of mind to be in. She is finding it liberating to not have a credit card. Recently, she really wanted a whiteboard to help her with her study, and she thought if she had a credit card, she would have just swiped it and bought it. But instead, she found it on Trade Me and took the money out of her daily expenses account. Oh yes, she has a daily expenses account now, and she paid cash for it. She does have some debt by the way of a student loan and the amount is currently sitting at about $7,000. Now of course our student loans incur no interest. Yep, for all you US listeners that is a true story. Making money off people trying to get an education and better themselves is actually not an industry here but our student loans are interest free. Just another small reason why New Zealand is indeed an awesome place to live. Now This loan may increase as her studies continue, if she can't manage to finance the fees herself that is, and her intention with this loan is to pay it off as soon as she starts working in her career once she finishes her study. She will not be letting this loan languish on for years and years to come. Now because she is a permanent resident, uh, this entitles her to domestic fees at the university and she is in the fortunate position that not all students are in that she now receives a student allowance of $230 per week which may seem like a pittance to many and a fortune to others. For Nelly, this money is a massive help and she rations it extremely carefully. She pays $150 per week for her accommodation and food, leaving $80 per week left over to cover any other costs. And she is extremely intentional with leftover money and that leads on to her three main financial habits, the things that she just automatically does now. Everything is on automatic payments and she barely spends a cent outside of living costs. She has a daily expenses account where $150 goes each week to pay her rent, her food and her phone and power and that sort of thing etc. She also has a savings account. The money in here is used as a backup if she needs to replace a bike tire for example and she puts 10% automatically in there. And she has another savings account, which is for investments, which she contributes $50 a month to. Yes, you heard that correctly. This university student is also investing in a super life fund. Finally, she has what she calls a smile account. There is not much in there at the moment, but the intention of this account is that she puts 10% or more in there each week. And this money is for her to go back to the Philippines if necessary. The other thing she does is that she always has a $20 note in her bag at all times in case something happens and she needs to get a ride home, for example, which is a pretty sensible thing to do for sure. But although she is very intentional with the accounts she has set up, she does not write a budget because at this point in her life, she knows what she has and where it is going. 
and there is beauty in simplicity. If you only have such a small amount of cash to play with each week, just $230, it's not that hard to keep track of. What about a splurge? Is there any room in her budget for that? She can use one of the accounts I just mentioned for that, but she can no longer justify spending $5 on a coffee. If she goes out to events with friends, she does not spend much, and she said that she rarely goes out to eat much anymore, which is a big change for her, and she said that saving money is actually quite awesome for her waistline as well. I asked her what was the most extravagant thing she had purchased for herself in the last 90 days. And for the princely sum of $21, she went to an all-you-can-eat restaurant and she stuffed herself full. Those restaurants must fear frugal students, I tell you. I remember going to an all-you-can-eat pizza restaurant with my sister and her boyfriend of the time. And I think he ate about 27 pieces of pizza from memory. So what is her money elevator pitch? A sentence that would sum up her approach to money. Hers is to live below your means and also that you don't have to go to the gym to be happy. You can walk, you can run or you can get on your bike for free instead. She went on to say that a lot of people aspire to be debt free. Almost no one wants to be in debt. But the difference is the people who spend the time and do the learning to actually become debt free. Like she did, she advises you and I to just do it. You don't have to wait for a particular moment to kick things off. So she said to stop procrastinating. She had no income to pay her debts, but she still used up her savings. And she reminds me that she no longer agrees with instant gratification, but we live in a social world and it is okay to cheat now and then. Just don't beat yourself up over it and just keep moving forward. Nellie became really passionate in her voice when she told me that everything that you can think of in life is possible, but everything is also conditional. But do everything you can and the rest will follow. Be proactive, do what you can, make active decisions, and once you make that decision, it will happen. She said that money does make you happy, but it is not the only thing that does. But because it affects every part of your life, if you don't control it, then it can become out of control and extremely stressful. These are pretty wise words from a 23-year-old. She said that because she now follows this philosophy, hers has actually been an easy journey to get back in control of her financial life. And I asked Nellie what she thought the key to becoming a millionaire is, or if this was even her goal. Well, becoming a millionaire is not her goal. Instead, freedom is. She is looking forward to getting out into the workforce and earning an income, but she does not want to work for 12 hours a day just to pay her mortgage on a big amazing house that she can spend the remaining 12 hours of the day in. She wants to work because she loves it and is passionate about it and the money will follow, but she is not chasing a number because, as mentioned earlier, life is not just about money. She would love to own her own place one day, but when the time comes, she wants to go about it in a responsible way with a very high deposit and a house that is somewhere cheap yet in a safe neighbourhood. Now, as a student, she will be working every holiday and she won't be picky. She will instead be finding work wherever she can so she can put that money towards her education and living costs and into her savings, of course. Her ideal would be to do a summer clerkship and to do this, she is going to need great grades I suspect there won't be any more European holidays for the duration of her study either. She sounds like she is on a great path now, so what does she consider to be her biggest financial triumph to date? It was becoming debt-free and cutting up her credit card. She said chopping it up was so much fun, and I think she would use the words love it, love it, love it when she was talking about it. Her huge change of attitude, it really was a 180-degree shift, and developing some financial discipline is also her triumph. 
She said she was no longer a servant to the master and she now tells her money where to go and remarkably that is where it goes because she has accounts and processes in place now to guide it. And what does she consider to be her greatest financial flop, I wondered. Where do I start, is what she told me. She still has the material items purchased before she had her aha moment in Europe. She had a habit of hoarding stuff and as a result she has two bikes, two laptops, two chairs and on and on and on. She can't work out why she bought two of everything as she has no partner, so why double up? And I helpfully pointed out to her that when she does have a partner, they will probably come with their own bike and laptop anyway, so perhaps she should just sell this stuff. Another financial mistake was buying a gym membership. She purchased one last year in 2017 and never used it, so it was a complete waste of money. She now walks instead and of course, with not going out to restaurants all the time, she has actually become fitter and healthier than ever before and being fit has become really important to her. Her journey to financial independence is a new one and I wondered if there was someone in her life she could openly talk about money with. Yes, she does with one of her brothers. He is already working in a good job overseas and they are now on the same journey so they can openly talk about money and the decisions they are both making. And it's great that she has found someone to talk about this with, but it would be better if she could find someone here in New Zealand to discuss it with too. But I suspect there are not that many students walking this path. She is pretty keen to enlighten people though, so I suspect that if ever the opportunity came up, she would be in boots and all. I mentioned that even though she is living on a student allowance, she is managing to save each week and invest, which is a remarkable feat for someone who is, in effect, living on the smell of an oily rag. She is with Simplicity KiwiSaver in a growth fund, and she makes sure that she puts in the $1,042 throughout the year so that she gets the member tax credit of $521, and she is also investing $50 a month into Superlife 100 fund. Now, this fund invests in growth assets like shares and property and is considered to be an aggressive fund. Last year, it returned 5.98%. And it comes with a warning on the packet that negative returns may occur once every two to four years on average. And if I handed her $10,000 right now, what would she do with it? Uh, Without hesitation, she said she would add it to her super life. And now I tell you, Nellie is one disciplined chick. This stage of her life revolves purely around study, eating and sleeping. She is spending nothing on anything outside of this. It's not a life that can be maintained long term, but for a few short years that she is studying, it really can be, and I really admire her discipline. And I think that in 10 years' time, she'll look back and think, whoa, how did I manage that? She reminds me of a university friend of mine, and as we were nearing the end of the year, all of her money had run out, and to get through the last couple of weeks, she spent her final dollars on a big sack of potatoes. And that was what she ate morning, noon and night till she finished her study and could go home to her parents for the holidays and a decent bite to eat. Sometimes that's just what you have to do to get by. I was curious to know what she was taught about money growing up and what advice, either good or bad, her parents taught her about money. Well, unfortunately for Nellie, she says she received bad advice. Prior to studying, she was working full-time in childcare and the expectation from her family was that now that she was earning, she was required to send money home to her family, which she did. In the Philippines, her parents are both farmers and they own a farm, so are doing okay. But keep in mind that this farming would be far, far different to anything we do here in New Zealand. They do make enough to provide food for themselves and what have you, but they are by no means living an extravagant lifestyle. 
They do, however, have a lot of debt and it irks Nellie that when she sent her hard-earned money back home to her parents, they didn't put it towards that debt, but they spent it instead. And as she mentioned earlier, their culture is to spend up large. She referred to it as one-day millionaire people, by which she meant if you were given $1 million all in one day, by the following day, you would have none. I have learned from being lucky enough to speak with other Filipinos that the expectation that the children send money home to the parents is very high. Nellie has a large family of brothers and sisters, many spread around the world, so each of them provides support to their family back home, and that is what enables their lifestyle and a bit of travel. Nellie is still so young, just 23 remember, but I still asked her if she could retain all of the knowledge she has today regarding money and she could go back to her 15-year-old self just eight years ago and start again, what would she do, whether it be the same or something different? She said she would set up her bank accounts as she has them now, with each having a clear purpose and use. She would definitely not have debt and she would be responsible with her money from the get-go. She is convinced that when she finishes being a student, she will still be frugal and when she earns money again from her career, it's her absolute intention to set herself up well, but also to make sure that her parents back home are well looked after because she loves them so much. She would add a further account to her portfolio, which would mean she could send a set amount of money home to support her parents each and every month, which is awesome. And finally, Nellie has been on a journey of discovery and learning about money. So what book or podcast or blog does she recommend to you and I? Now, believe you me, I was not fishing for compliments when she said that she would recommend my blog and my podcast, thehappysaver.com. Remarkably, she has not actually searched for information much wider than that. She said she found my blog and it was easy to read and it just created a domino effect for her where she began to do small things one at a time. And in a very short space of time, she had restored some order to her financial life and she can take credit for that, not me. Now it's almost time to wrap up, but before I do, here is a quick message from today's sponsor. They help me bring this podcast to you for free, which is the exact amount of money Nellie likes to spend. She would rather save up her cash and spend it at an all-you-can-eat buffet. A huge thank you to Superlife KiwiSaver Scheme for helping me bring this episode to you today. Superlife is a low-fee provider that offers you a broad range of investment options to choose from within its Superlife schemes. To transfer your KiwiSaver in mere minutes, visit superlife.co.nz where you can also download the product disclosure statement. I absolutely loved connecting with Nellie by email and then by phone and then compiling her journey into this podcast and I thank her for sharing her journey in such an honest way. To be honest, I was pretty astounded that I personally had this much impact on her, but also completely chuffed that here was a person who now feels so completely in control of her life. The whole point of my blog is to be of use to others so they can live a good life without worrying about money. And she said that I helped her navigate her journey and to meet a person who has found what I write as useful is actually pure gold to me. Before the age of 23, she was headed down a different pathway, one of consumerism, debt and spending. I think that she always had a wise head on her shoulders, but she had developed a taste for credit cards and spending, but at the same time, she had actually also been saving. She was kind of operating in a parallel universe of sorts, and it could have gone either way. But she happened upon my blog at a moment in time when she needed to, and that just fired her up to pick one path and shoot full steam ahead down it. The fact that she had her epiphany in Paris and acted on it immediately is hilarious. 
What a girl to chop up her parachute while she is still in the plane. But it worked. She didn't starve to death. She has not been scarred for life because she didn't shop and she made it home safely. And I think that big jolt is why she is so unwavering in her convictions now. While she is living a really stripped back, simple life as a student, she has built up the right financial foundations. And I have no doubt in my mind that as the years go by, she will just build on this strong foundation. So good on you, Nelly. Full credit to you. I think you are awesome. And I look forward to hearing how it all pans out. That's all from me this week. I'll be back next Wednesday with another money journey of another Kiwi. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit subscribe and it will automatically update in your podcast app each time I release a new episode. And if you want to get in touch, you can find me at thehappysaver.com. And I would love it if you could give me a five-star review in iTunes and share it with your friends. Those are the best ways that people can learn about my podcast. And I would also love it if you would talk more about money with your own friends and help me continue to help others be better with money. So until next time, happy saving.